ya lo hace, pierna derecha, directo al arco, golazo, golazo, golazo. The world of football with a soccer perspective. This is Soccer Today with Dwayne Mullins and Kevin Laramie, live on the Sports Podcasting Network. And good day, good night, welcome to Soccer Today. It's Monday, MLS Cup, it's over, TFC is the champion, we have new overlords from Canada, but to talk about it, yeah, we'll have Dwayne on the show, Dwayne's coming later, he's alive, he's fine, and he's happy, but... He, he is alive, good. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't naked, uh, he didn't run naked in Streets of Toronto, which was the image I had in my head all weekend, I was like, ah, oh, I need to get that image out of my head, but at least, you know, we, we had a interesting game it was quite a weekend in toronto jonathan tanwald on the line to to help me talk about and break down this game the aftermath jonathan before before we get there i have a little bit of breaking news that uh, that just came over the transom here they go ahead uh there's a kid in the los angeles galaxy academy named aristotle nice aristotle zeris well he better be good at passing triangles that or uh, like uh, Aristotle, he, he needs to be a, a good philosophy of football, you would think. He needs to, to, to learn the uh, so, literature yeah. of football, too. I would hope so, yes. <laughs> Jonathan, the MLS Cup was won on Saturday by TFC, but this win wasn't made just on Saturday. It's been built for three years with a lot of investment, talking about uh, 18 millions per year. If you're looking at Toronto FC's salary cap and their, their expenditure for the roster, is it the highest ceiling an MLS team has reached so far? We've never seen a team do a treble. We've never seen the team, an expected team. You know, when you, you in January, like, oh, my, my favorite is Toronto. Usually it never happens in the Major League Soccer. You have the playoff system that changes everything. But this year, Talk was consistent. Yeah, look, I, uh, I I think that what I'm most impressed by about what, what TFC has done is, you know, they have said from the start here, you know, since in this era when, when they've started really, you know, investing big money and ramping things up, let's go see what is the maximum that can be done in Major League Soccer. Not what can we do to get by, what can we do to sell the stadium out, what can we do to have a, you know, a good youth academy, make a little money off it. What is the maximum that can be done in Major League Soccer? And they went out and did it. They got the best regular season points total in, in, in MLS history. They won the Canadian Championship, the Voyager's Cup, and they backed it up with the biggest trophy of all that they can win, short, obviously, of the Champions League, which is their next goal, but the biggest domestic trophy that they can win, and they won the treble. And I really believe that... Fans and observers around Major League Soccer, and this is going to hurt to hear in Montreal and Vancouver, I know, but fans and observers around Major League Soccer should applaud this because it sets the bar high, and the bar should be set high. Yeah. Whether you are Philadelphia, where I live, where the team just sort of floats along the bottom, Vancouver, where, let's say it, because I think we were going to sooner or later today, they've gone out and trumpeted the Kai Kamara signing as being a big deal when I'm not sure he's better than Freddie Montero, either on the field or in the locker room. And uh, uh, on the on the salary cap as well, like it's it's not a small salary. You're talking about a a right. big expenditure for Vancouver. Well, you know, so but let's let's applaud what Toronto has done because they said, "What is the most that we can do? Not the least that we can do." And they went out and did it, and I think that's a good thing. 
Now, like we mentioned the treble, they won the Voyager's Cup, the Canadian Championship, won the Supporters' Shield for the 2017 regular season in Major League Soccer, and won MLS Cup on Saturday. You talked about the CCL. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it. I already mentioned it on Saturday. Like For me, it's like it's the next logical target for Toronto with the roster they have now, with the type of roster they built, and Bill Manning, former TFC president as well, uh, has mentioned the same thing. And it, it's... Literally now, the next target for Toronto is he will be the CCL. But when we're looking at the entire league, Jonathan, the next few years, is this the first of MLS Cup winners that, I don't want to say they bought a championship, because it's not just about the money, but it's about everything else and surrounding your players and treating them the right way and treating MLS as MLS wants to be treated, you know, a first page of the newspaper on Sunday morning, sports and non-sports and in a big metropolitan city in North America, we rarely see MLS grabbing the headlines across the board. At least it happened in Canada and Toronto on Saturday. But is it the first instances of a team that has a very, very, very high salary cap to win the whole thing? Because if you're looking at the differences, I just want to take Montreal or New England or a Columbus for that matter that are four or five, six million salary cap. Toronto's 18. Do you, will, do you need to spend over 15 now to get an MLS Cup? Well, first of all, that wouldn't be a bad thing. Second of all, um, it happened last year with Seattle. And third, look, it, it has happened before. You know, remember when 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 things first came along and, and, and David Beckham and Robbie Keenan and Landon Donovan were sort of the high bar salary wise. And they, I think it was like a $12 million combined on them. And LA won the MLS cup with them. So it's happened before, but yes, it sets the bar high and it should set the bar high. And hopefully it will continue to raise the bar higher. One player that I know really got your, your attention. And we could say is the biggest difference maybe between 2016 and 2017 for the MLS Cup champions is Victor Vasquez. Victor Vasquez's influence on this roster, on and off the pitch, in the locker room, the fact that he experienced Barcelona, other great club in the entire world of football, is able to bring that experience to Toronto and bring that confidence and bring a, a certain perspective because it's, it's easy for players to see things one way when you're in Magic Soccer for your entire career or if you play in North America, but having fresh eyes coming from abroad and seeing this for what it is. Uh, one quote by Victor Vasquez, Jonathan, after the game really impressed me. He's like, this atmosphere could be anywhere in the world. Toronto right now, you have nothing to worry. You have nothing to envy to any other stadium. And Victor Vasquez even go as far as saying the game on Saturday was the best atmosphere he ever experienced. And this guy played at Kanu, Jonathan. Well, what what I find most interesting about him um, is that you know his salary is seven hundred thousand dollars, and I believe, if my memory's right, uh, I went and looked it up just now. The, the TFC did not sign a transfer fee, pay a transfer fee to sign him. So, to me, when I look at Vasquez and his skills and his character and obviously his playmaking ability, which is just superb. For my money, every, every player, every team in MLS, sorry, 
ought to be able to sign a player of Victor Vasquez's caliber. There's no reason why that shouldn't be possible. And that is a standard that I think every every fan of NBA MLS, they should hold their team to that. And we've seen it happen, obviously, with Ignacio Piatti and Diego Valeri and Pedro Santos. It hasn't happened in Philadelphia yet, which I complain about to high heaven. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, I criticize the team. But look, I've always been a fan of the playmaker of the number 10 kind of guy. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to see that Vasquez has done well and thrived and been properly celebrated in Toronto because he's the kind of guy that every MLS team ought to be able to sign. And, and that's going to be the arms race, in my opinion, in the next few months, Jonathan, is to find other Vasquez with the investment of Major League Soccer in target allocation money once again, an addition of two million, uh, a little over two million U.S. per club this offseason. Well, the goal is to get more Vasquez in Major League Soccer, to have more Death players from number four to number 10. Basically, if you have money and if you can afford it and if you manage your cap correctly. Ah, there's the magic words. Yeah, if you can manage if it properly. If you right? decide, if you decide as to an ahead. owner to purchase that cap space. Yeah, that's true. But and that's going to be the defining thing between the haves and the have-nots in this league. And certainly, all the fans in MLS ought to be pressuring their owners to to go all the way in on that. Because if you don't, it's a sign that you don't want to compete and you don't want to win. No, it, it really that is. Simple. It really is. But I don't think the day is far where we'll see a starting 11, if not from with 11 TAM and DP players, at least very close to it. But all right, here's a question for you then. How many of those players will be domestic and how many of those players will be foreign? Well, you know, the majority of them will be especially if you're well, that's, a, that's a thing and look MLS is not under any obligation here you're right to produce the domestic player it chooses to and it certainly benefits from it it knows the benefits of it as do we all but uh, we are reminded from time to time that uh, there's no obligation well that's true but where I was going with this is you remember that 2022 all oh, being top four top five league in the world slowly but surely if more players like no. Vasquez come in, I'm not saying no. it's going to be there, Jonathan, but I'm saying it's at least steps in that direction. It's a step. I I bristle at the the rhetoric of that. Okay. Just, you know. How about we forget about Europe? How about we forget about things that are like apples and oranges? Let's it's talk. Not, it's not that. It's just that it's the, you know... No, so very few people are able to just take MLS for what it is instead of what it isn't. <laughs> well, it isn't the greatest thing, and it's not the worst thing, and nobody wants to. I still have. It's funny. I don't know if if Dwayne's going to make it on while I'm still on, but have. I still have. Um, for many many years ago, the support local football T-shirt that I bought the from the, bought off the Red Patch Boys, the first time I went to BMO Field, and that's still what it's about. It's you know, it's still the local team, and that by the way, is one of Toronto FC's other great accomplishments. They really have put themselves front and center in the city of Toronto and everybody pays attention to them and they're not just some sideshow to the European teams that you also watch. They've really they've really made it in that city and that's to be applauded too. Well, that's what I was saying earlier, Jonathan. I'm kind of impressed by how Toronto FC and MLSC, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, 
has treated this MLS Cup and has treated this success. And we always, like, there's an expression, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. I think it's the same way for the CONCACAF Champions League and MLS Cup. As a club, treat this competition like you would love the fans and everybody to treat it. Respect it. Embrace it. Grow it. And I think that's what we've seen. I never seen an MLS Cup presentation, and that's including last year. And last year, production values were pretty high. But this year, this felt major league to me. This felt, I wasn't even Toronto, and I could experience the buzz that Toronto was under. The, like, the city itself was taken over by Toronto uh, FC and by MLS Cup in a way that was surprising to me. So... It is about how the clubs treat treat it. Like, the first page of the newspaper, first block in every sports news show, first topic in normal news. If this would have happened in New York, I don't even think it would have made the sports pages. No, it would have. Oh, it would have made like an article. Wants, nobody wants to say it, but it... Believe me, it would have. Um, if it had in in... In Philadelphia, that's a different question. But you know, in in New York, it would have. It really, it's it's funny. I'm sitting in my newsroom, so I can't say all too much about this at the moment. But every city is a little different in that way. And it's it's look, Toronto is certainly a very big city, one with a lot of media presence and one with a lot of a lot of talkers and so on. So that's it was. It certainly has resonated in Toronto in in ways that um, in ways that uh, really do make it feel big time. And that's great. I went up last year. I didn't go this year. Uh, but, you know, even in Denver, where the Denver Post doesn't have a, 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 a rapid speed rider, when they won the whole thing a few years ago, it got plenty of attention. So I don't worry too much about that. But the key to the whole thing is the team has to win. That's where it starts. Jonathan Tannenwald, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, I know the offseason is a quick turnaround. Yesterday we had trades already. LAFC has some rosters signed. There's going to be some more movement before the expansion draft, which takes place tomorrow afternoon. Well, one thought on the expansion draft and maybe Philly's roster protected, unprotected, before we say goodbye, Jonathan. Uh, if LAFC would like to take Jay Simpson off the union's hands, they're more than welcome to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, isn't it that what you wish for? Like, uh, you know, those fringe players that you don't necessarily have value or a lot of of uh, plans for in your your next year. You kind of hope that uh, LAFC takes them off your your roster. Although the interesting one to me is John McCarthy, their backup goalkeeper, who I don't think they want to lose, but they left him unprotected. I'll be very interested to see what happens. Yeah, there's a lot of gambling going on in different rosters, different GM's office in the next few hours. Jonathan Tannenwald of the Philadelphia Inquirer, thank you very much for your time today, Jonathan. Always my pleasure. Glad to hear that that, uh, that Dwayne's awake and, Dwayne. and alive and, 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 you know, he made it. So. And uh, he'll be on right after the break. You mind if we hear some tunes? Hey, that'll work. Christmas music. This is Christmas music. Come on, December 24th on Hollis at the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park. I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog, oh my god, a ill reindeer. And it's one of two.
take this opportunity to wish all of our listeners a very happy holiday season from the Two Solitudes and the Five Rings podcast. From both myself and Kevin, we wish you all the best. And we're back on soccer today. Joining me live from the streets of Toronto, the streets of champions, Dwayne Rollins. Dwayne, how are you feeling this morning? Um, how am I? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's been a good weekend. Uh, <laughs> I, I will really talk with Darby, right? Uh, sure, sure. The, the Darby. Or have you ever dreamed <laughs> of, of actually hearing those words? Toronto FC. MLS Cup champions. I uh, have ever dreamt of it. Yes, I dreamt of it. Did I ever think it was going to happen in 2013, 2012? No. Um, in 2012, 2013, I was a bit worried about the long-term viability of the franchise. But uh, things changed, and things changed quickly. And uh, <laughs> look, um, it was it was a pretty cool experience to be there at Final Whistle. I'm not going to lie. Uh, there was just a lot of hugging and. Uh, and, you know, tears and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can't understand the emotion of that when you put 11 years into something to have it pay off. It was, it was, just, it was a very nice set. And not to be, you know, I'll be sappy about it, but that's what it was. You know, that there's something to say about as low as you go, when you go high, it feels that much better. The lows were Wait, pretty damn that? low, and the high was hold, hold pretty on. damn high. I, are you saying that we started from the bottom? Uh, well... Can you start even, like, further down than that? Like, you started, like, minus something. Then you were, like... Yeah. We, you know we that headline? somewhere. The Danny Kuberman. Now I'm at a parade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're the worst team in the world. Worst team yeah, in the world. The worst from, team in the world. From yeah. worst team in the world. I recall to... it. I was there. I lived it. <laughs> <laughs> and now Dwayne's at the parade. So if you're hearing uh, we're uh, noise and everything, is uh, Dwayne's actually on his way to the MLS Cup parade in Toronto for the champions. But... Just a few thoughts. Uh, I, I want us, I want you, Dwayne, to, to take us through your journey on Saturday a bit, to, to get to the game okay. and to, 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 to the experience set for the second year in a row, but I guess it felt a bit different this year. Yeah, I mean, look, it's just a, a lot of old friends that you haven't seen in a while because people came in from out of town, uh, a lot of sort of you know, anticipation, excitement in the lead up to it at, at, at the Rhino, which is where we typically have gone this year, the, the group that I associate with. And then, you know, we, we just did the stadium and just, they're still so packed and there's so much nervous energy in there that it's just hard to explain it. And then the tension grows and grows and grows and grows. And as I was explaining to, to my roommate this morning when I was coming down here with her, um, I don't really remember Josie's goal in a real, truly experienced it through my eyes kind of way. But what I do remember about it is I experienced it through my emotions and the reaction at the time. Because it's honestly, it's packed down there. It's hard to see. So I can remember it going in, and then I remember seeing the ground for a minute, and then seeing the sky <laughs> for a minute, and then hugging people. And then the next 20 minutes are just a blur of just pure noise and emotion. And it's weird because, you know, we used to, we used to joke about Tobias. And uh, yeah. Squiz, Squiz was there. Who Squiz made it down? And Tobias and Tobias time and all that sort of stuff. And our CFC would always blow games late. None of that felt like that. Um, and even though it was hard to really articulate or like to understand what you were watching out there from a purely like tactical level or anything like that when you're down that low and in that much insanity, there was just a feeling that wasn't going to happen that day. That Seattle, you know, Seattle wasn't going to get good to their breakthrough. I mean, they, we'll just give them full credit, though. They did get two shots on goal this year. That's, that's a 
200 yeah. increase for them. Well, it's a yeah, two more than last year. Oh, sorry. It's two yeah. more than last year, so. If you play back-to-back MLS Cup finals and you only get two shots on goal, you probably, you know, one is probably all you deserve out of that. But well, anyway, yeah. no, it was a dominating performance. And I did rewatch the game since then. And, uh, you know, I was blown away by how controlling the game was, how... Michael Bradley? Calm they almost seemed out there. Yeah. Uh, you or, know, like, did you hear about Josie's quote when Josie uh, got subbed off and let on on the bench? He was looking at the pitch. He was looking at the game, obviously, and implicating. He was like, geez, that bald head of his is everywhere. Look at that bald. Look at that bald head. It's it's defending. It's running up front. It's it's intercepting ball. It's tackling. It's had a great game. I'd just like to briefly, you're right, and I'll go back to that point, but I'd just like to point out that a double-decker bus did just pull up. So there you go. Uh, the bus did make it back. Um Anyway, the uh, yeah, uh, Michael Bradley. Anyone who thinks Michael Bradley was the problem with the U.S. men's national team needs to give their goddamn head a shake. <laughs> he just simply wasn't. And, and this is something that's been reiterated this entire playoff period, okay? playoff three court TFC. But it, it, you're right. As I was just saying there a moment ago, it was like it was what was blowing away me away about it was how calming it was, how calm they were, how controlled they felt throughout it. There was no panic even when they hadn't scored the goal into the 65th minute. They hadn't scored yet. And like I said, when, the, when it went in, at that point, there was really really no doubt who was going to win the game at the end of the day. In Major League Soccer, there, there's a few instances of players, when they were kids, being in the stands, watching this club, and going to the academy of their city, or being drafted by their teams of their city, and, and graduating to first team and starting MLS Cup. I'm talking about Jonathan Osorio. Yes, I'm from Montreal, but seeing a kid... Like, we're just talking about sports here, in general. A kid, fan of a team in a city, becoming a player of that team and able to start and win a trophy with that team. Do you feel for Jonathan Osorio? Is that the best story? No, it's a great story, for sure. I don't know if anyone saw If you haven't had a chance to watch the interview he did post-game, you can get it on the MLS Soccer um, YouTube feed. They did a whole hour special. It's in the middle of that. I, it's really quite endearing to watch i mean for first off he says shout out to brampton in it which is hilarious but <laughs> beyond that he, he, you can just tell how uh shout out to brampton you can tell how much he loves the city and that that came through you know i'm a, I'm a toronto boy born and raised shout out to brampton it made me but toronto i've lived forever that's kind of paraphrasing a bit there but that's that's what he said and it, 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 there was a lot of emotion he's he's played every tfc playoff game which isn't that big of an accomplishment but still um 2013, the only bright spot out of that, that crazy bad team. And uh, he's still there. And to have a guy around like that. Uh, Ashton Morgan, we obviously didn't see him a lot this year. I uh, did get a goal this year. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's a champion now. And he was there since 2009. So those he are guys might, that... He might that not be there next year. Have a lot of time. Like he might be one of the guys who Probably. doesn't come back. But, uh, well, he won the trophy. He might not be there tomorrow. Uh, you know <laughs> that's what I, mean? what I meant. Yeah, it, but however, it doesn't matter. And that's... That, that's yeah, it, it was a... Obviously a nice day, and, and as I said, I don't know if anyone read my Twitter feed after that. I had 172 mentions when I when I turned my phone back on. No, did uh, you see the one so, I sent you? I was uh, yeah. I was kind of hoping okay. you weren't naked running in the streets of Toronto yelling. Blah, 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 blah. I did, and then Rudy replied, "So a normal Saturday night." Yes, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Anyway, well, it's just you know. We've talked about this before. We've made this joke a few times. If one of our club wins, it's going to be dangerous. Yeah, it was. And then, you know, the Derby the next day, which honestly was so much of an afterthought. It wasn't even 
funny. I, I mean, I watched it, but <laughs> and I was happy, obviously. But obviously. It, it, it was at that point, it wouldn't have mattered. It really didn't. Now, Dwayne, to wrap up MLS week, to wrap up the weekend, and we'll move on. I'll let you go uh, enjoy the parade and enjoy the friends. Say hi to Danny, Rudy, and company for me. Uh, but when you're looking at this weekend, th- this championship, this trophy for this city, the parade today, can you give us a few words to describe it all, to sum it all up? Well, I'm looking out at a lot of people hugging each other right now. Uh, and it's still been two days. And uh, there's just a lot of joy. And that's ultimately, not to be sappy about this, but that's ultimately what we, why we invest in sports. Why we, Someone's just flashing us right now. But anyway, it's why we... It's not <laughs> video. We need video. Um, <laughs> anyway, no. I might periscope later, though, if people pay attention. <laughs> but anyway, no, it's, it's why do we invest in this? What, what, why do we decide that we're going to care about this? It's for... It's for the friendships, it's for the, for the moments like this. And, uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple hours and, and uh, be back to normal and I'll have more tactical breakdowns in this game tomorrow. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, certainly for today, this is just about there. But, but living in the moment. Exactly. Dwayne, thanks for your time today. I, I know it's an important wee few days for you. And as much as it, it kind of hurts to say, I'm from Montreal. I'm in Montreal. I've been cheering for the Impact for a long time. The Impact's 25 years old, by the way, from uh, since yesterday. But I'm happy for you. I'm happy for our listeners in Toronto. And I'm happy for all the colleagues that uh, have had an amazing weekend in Toronto. Dwayne, enjoy the parade. All right, bye. Mr. Duncan is going to donate to the children's hospital. At midnight tonight, we're hitting Duncan's toy chest. We can mess with a lot of things. We can't mess with kids on Christmas. That's the best Christmas song ever. Carols of the Bells. Merry Christmas to everyone. Eh, it's still early, I know. It's December 11th. It's not, not even two weeks away. Speaking of not even very far away, tomorrow's the expansion draft tomorrow afternoon. So tomorrow's show will be focused on the expansion draft and the Champions League draw today. Poor Chelsea. Like, Barcelona. Madrid PSG, what a draw for the Champions League this morning. We'll break it down on tomorrow's show, of course. We might mention a bit about the parade, but tomorrow we're back to normal. MLS offseason has started. There was some trades yesterday. LAFC has been a little bit busy, and other teams as well. Uh, Dwayne mentioned, and Jonathan as well, Kai Kamara, now with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, There's going to be a few players uh, free agents is open. There's going to be retirees. There's going to be some movement tomorrow as well with the expansion draft. LAFC will choose five players tomorrow. A maximum of five players tomorrow. One per team. So we'll have our mock expansion draft tomorrow. I will go through all the players that are unprotected and find maybe the best five that LAFC could end up drafting or end up drafting and maybe trading to get some value like Atlanta did last year. That is a very high probability. But as always, until tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at Kev Laramie. You can follow Jonathan Tannenwald, our first guest today, at The Goalkeeper. And obviously, Dwayne Rollins. You can follow him to have more of a intimate look at the parade today 
on his Periscope, on his Twitter, at 24th Minute. And until tomorrow, as always, have a great soccer. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast.